The following episode of An Evening at the Movies is being brought to you, albeit two weeks and one day late, by yourself, myself. No, it is being brought to you by myself and the Queen herself, Miss Amanda Kohlhofer. And we hope that you enjoy as she and I are about to sit down and discuss the Anthony Hopkins 1960 classic masterpiece, Psycho, with friends, family, and loved ones of the podcast, Miss Meg Hofdahl and Kelly Florence. And we hope you guys have an amazing rest of the day. And we look forward to you guys all coming back for an evening at the movies. Thank you guys for your patience and have a nice day. Hello and welcome back, everybody, to everybody's favorite movie-based podcast, Looking at the Movies, the podcast where we eat stale popcorn and drink watered-down sodas and discuss our favorite movies and why we love them. So, today, we, well, before we get into the major introductions, I would like to welcome back everybody's favorite co-host, Amanda, who Hello. has been absent for a few weeks because of certain health reasons but we won't get into that so you look better than you look when we recorded the sip list last don't week. try to butter me up it's too late for all of that but <laughs> i'm good at that thank you yeah i i put on makeup for the guests i don't put on makeup for you so nobody Sorry. does anything special for me but i'm not needy like that so i would hold your tongue until after your birthday Birthday or anniversary, because they're both... They're the same week, so... It's like three days apart. Yeah. So, anyway, today we have a very special episode for the listeners. We are going to be... Well, we are welcoming back a previous guest on An Evening at the Movies, Miss Meg Hafdal. Woo! 
Great. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be back. Thank you for right. allowing me to come back. Like I said at the end of the Scream episode back in November, you are welcome to come back anytime you want. All right. It was and, a good one. Well, it, we had an amazing time a couple months ago. We'll have some more amazing times today talking about today's movie. And then on top of it, I would like to welcome Meg's writing partner and very good friend, Kelly Florence, to the show for her first time. Welcome on as well, Kelly. Hello, thank you so much for having me. And it's nice to meet you. It's nice to meet you as well. And yes. My watch is talking back. <laughs> Mine does that too. I'm like, what? Mine just randomly falls apart on me because I've had to replace the band on it so many times that the little face doesn't like to stay in the so it's always my watch or my cat so the dog won't come upstairs so we're safe from him <laughs> oh mine disappeared i scared her him there is a him sorry <laughs> i'm just kidding so you don't know that darth vader identifies as male Oh Lord. Okay, we know the cat does, so it's okay. Moving on. <laughs> All right, Alec. Um, Sorry, guys. This is what we do. We're very immature. Yes, we we try and not go into the gutter too much, but it never ceases to go that direction. <laughs> so, yes, for those of you who were with us two months ago. Um, you will remember that Meg and Kelly are the authors of the Science of Monsters, Women in Horror, Stephen King, and Serial Killers to date. Yep. Yep. You got it. And our next book coming out this October is Science of Witchcraft. So we just keep going. That's exciting. I need more reading material. <laughs> we're working on it <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about the new book like i mean witchcraft you know can be a lot of different things to cover is it going to be like a history or like kind of like how the other books are yeah it definitely comes it's uh, similar to our other ones we take it from the lens of horror movies that have okay. witches in them and then we talk about the science behind them and we got to talk to so many cool filmmakers this round we always do but i feel like we just keep leveling up right Meg that's awesome yeah yeah we got some really great interviews and um as well as like a practicing witch someone who teaches witch literature um just you know filmmakers as Kelly said so um the interviews are always our favorite part I'm so fascinated by that topic and you like the Salem witch trials is like one of the things that just blows my mind and I'm so obsessed with and obviously that's like a big thing that everybody knows about, but it's just like the mania and hysteria that people fall into, not unlike certain common times that we might be in now can get <laughs> kind of scary. So it just, it's always interesting to me. So I think that's going to be, I'm excited and good that you can keep getting more people. That means you're, you are leveling up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, uh, you're right. It's interesting how you can sort of take the Salem witch trials and you can always sort of um, compare history to current times and, and it's eerie and we just learned so much and I loved I love any sort of female driven history and obviously mm -hmm. witchcraft um, 
is that naturally. So yeah, it was a lot of really interesting research and some lighter stuff too, because after serial killers, we kind of needed a, um, yeah, we needed something a little, a little lighter, which maybe not the Sue and Witch Trials, but certainly some of the movies well, we discussed. Right. <laughs> Are you talking about Hocus Pocus? Oh, maybe we'll see. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or the dreaded scarlet letter that Demi Moore was in. <laughs> October's still like 10 months away. Oh yeah. Well, okay. I was just trying to get a little sneak yeah, attack. That's fair. That's fair. We'll talk about a lot of your favorite witches, I promise. Okay, cool. <laughs> I like that. In Maryland that we kind of sort of discussed in the last episode. I don't remember what you're talking about. Blair Witch. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I really like the whole movie aspect thing that you guys do with with that. Um, I just ordered the Women in Horror and the Stephen King one. I've read the Stephen King one, but it's been a while. But actually, the one that you sent me the was the first one of your books I've read. So I'm hooked now. So thank you. Oh, awesome. Oh, great. That's how we like to do it. Get you one and then um, get you, get you yes. hooked. <laughs> and, and Tim and I are still going to review the book on his show, The Overlook, but uh, I don't know if he's having um, just some other things going on, life stuff that we'll definitely get to that. So Tim's good people. Yeah. Do you guys only write together? Are you, I know, are you writing separately as well? Or is that, is that your full-time gig writing together? Yeah, we write together and then Meg also writes um, horror fiction and then we write horror fiction uh, screenplays together. That's amazing. Meg, That's exciting. Awesome horror yeah. fiction that I'm currently in the middle of trying to read as we speak. Well, not as we speak, but. Oh, I remember <laughs> that from the other episode now. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just woke up from a nap. So anyway, <laughs> I am ensconced in the Willoughby Chronicles as we. Oh, yay! I, I promised to have book three read before we came on and did the episode today, but storms and ice and floods and missing dogs and yeah. Okay. No, that's fair. That's fair. Re and reading, reading takes a lot of time and effort. So, well, thank you. I'm so glad your your reading will be chronicles and and hopefully enjoying it. I am. The only thing I have a concern is I have a feeling deep down in my gut that um, Darkest Hunger is the last book, and I don't want there to be no last books. <laughs> I want more. Okay. I'll, well, I will keep that in mind. <laughs> Casey, just start writing fan fiction. <laughs> there we go. That's what I want. I think Kelly is already, Kelly, you're writing some Edwin Daphne fan fiction, right? Oh yeah. I could, I could read about those two forever. So. <laughs> okay. Well, I might need to check this out too then. I've um, been telling you for like the last couple months. I know. I started reading her dark inheritance. That Have you seen my uh, TBR stack? It's like 12 books long. And I get I'm, it. I I'm get her, it. I, my problem is I get new books and then I yes. put them higher on the list. Like right now yes. I'm reading Renee Brown's new book and I'm reading Will Smith's biography oh. at the same time. So I'm like, after yeah. this, I need a good fiction binge. So yeah, be, there you go. I go I've through been, phases too. And I get it when you get the new shiny book. Sometimes it goes yeah. ahead of some of the older books that have been sitting there waiting for you to I read. Know. 
Oh, it's totally awful. <laughs> Brene Brown's new book is gorgeous. The cover and the inside and just, I mean, besides the writing, but I'm like, oh, it's so pretty. I just want to flip through it. Oh, I love those. Yeah. Uh, she knows what she's doing. Um, well, yes. As soon as, you know, you guys get closer to the, you know, release date and everything, let us know. We'll do anything we can to put it out there on both of our yeah. shows. So Even after last time I went through a period where I was recommending a lot in the group that if anybody sounded like they were interested to feel free to check out your stuff, both science of, and well, and this will be perfect for October. Yep. October's right. our month. Yeah. It should be. <laughs> I have a black cat. That's her month too. And oh, his yeah. too, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She lives up to the hype. She's a little <laughs> scary. All right, so we are talking about a movie today, right? Yes, we are. Well, yeah, we are going to be, well, sticking with the theme for the month, because this month we are looking at the American Film Institute's top 100, some of the American, we're not doing 100 movies in a month. I don't have that kind of free time. I also don't think they're all that watchable. So Citizen Kane, are you kidding me? That's Sorry, it's just. Of all time anyway I say so. I it, it might be it might be a little overrated it might be a little, a little. i'm just saying have you tried to sit through that more than once but anyway this this movie we're talking about is amazing i say top five worthy but well not according to the list but yeah i know we're looking at the american film institute's top some of the american top some of the american film institute's top 100 movies of all time and like last episode, we looked at The Wizard of Oz, and today we are going to be looking at the number 18, which I think is a very lowball number, movie on the list. But to counterbalance that, I would classify it as, because I know what 17 movies are ahead of it, it is the number one horror movie on said list. Wow. So we are That's going- pretty impressive. Is it? Yeah. Interesting. Well, I mean, it is an Alfred Hitchcock classic, so. Well, yeah. But we will be discussing the movie Psycho. Woo! So, yay. So what you're saying is there's no other horror movie on the list ranked higher than... No. Okay. Huh. Silence of the Lambs is on the list, and I think there's a couple other on the list. I don't remember the yeah. list right off the top of my head, but horror is consistently overlooked as quality film most of the time. I think we all know that horror. Yeah. They feel like horror movies don't deserve the same kind of accolades, which I think is total BS. But yeah, I think my personal opinion, and I don't know what um, Megan Kelly's opinion is, but um, I was doing research for I watched. Um, Bella Lugosi's Dracula back in mm. October for Halloween Horror Fest. So good. And I read some stuff online where people were saying that horror is one of the truest forms of fiction and it goes all the way back to the beginning of time with, I mean, you look when Stoker published that book and, you know, horror is easily encapsulated into the good versus evil and 
it works into the fiction world incredibly well. So I personally think that horror is a significant part of storytelling, filmmaking, you know, whatever the case may be. But I agree. I, I think that, um, you know, it's, it started out with sort of this, like, what I think is kind of a, a gothic female literary tradition where we've got like, um, obviously Mary Shelley, but we have the Bronte sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, you know, a gothic fiction where it's not necessarily um, blood and guts, but there's horror there. And then unfortunately, like there was a time where horror became more misogynistic and it was um, more through a male uh, gaze. And we talk about this in, you know, uh, science of women and horror, but um, Psycho is a great example of a slasher. Um, really the first, I mean, a lot of people say the first slasher, or you can argue that there were others um, that were, you know, more slashery first or, or later that actually are more in the genre. But unfortunately, a lot of people put all slashers in the same category, but Psycho, we can all agree, is a fantastic, wonderful film. And, um, you know, and so are other slashers. If you like Psycho, give some other slashers a try. Yeah, I mean... I'll argue about Halloween all day long, the original, as one of the most amazing horror movies of all time. Yes. It's and it's simplistic like Alfred Hitchcock. You know, he's so many subtle things that he uses to make you tense or scared or nervous. Like most people just throw all those emotions together, but they're really not all the same thing. And so you kind of go through this ride of I'm scared. Oh, now I'm nervous. Now I'm on the edge of my seat now I'm like I want to look away and those are really all different emotions even though they're all in the same kind of genres so you feel a lot of different things and it's exhausting but it's also exhilarating that's what I always say my favorite thing about horror is like why it's my favorite genre is because it makes me feel all of these things and Mm -hmm. I like to feel afraid but not but in a safe way not in a real right way and so um, and then horror too it it allows us to explore through that storytelling um, all of these things on the surface and sort of flip it and look at the real um, mm-hmm. horrors and terrors surrounding us. And we, it, it's empathy building. We're always putting ourselves in, in their position and figuring out what would we do or, mm-hmm. you know, the world in a different way. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you always want somebody to root for in a horror movie. And it, I, I mean, I guess when we get into Psycho, it's like, you don't even realize that the you know the murder first murder is happening like halfway through the movie and it's like well what's going to happen now like and then it's like a bunch of murder i love you know you're talking about empathy i love how um complicated marion crane is she's not your typical final girl but she doesn't end up being the final girl um but you know we're following her along and she's making this really um life altering decision and we're watching her do this um, which, especially in 1960, to put a woman um, where she's, you know, having um, premarital sex mm-hmm. and um, she is stealing money and she's fleeing, all those things like on paper are like, oh my God. But when you watch, you know, this obviously wonderful performance by Janet Lee, but also mm-hmm. the way that it's written, you you care about her, you want her, you know, she makes that decision. Oh, you know what? Maybe I am going to go back. You know, you understand what she's going through. Mm -hmm. And I feel like 
it's it's not always easy to have these complicated interesting characters in horror especially up to that point I mean now you see it all the time but right um it was really Hitchcock um was really leaning into what's going to scare you is we're going to kill this woman that you've come to know and in such a brutal way yeah it's oh I love it I mean in in a place where you feel safe and that's another thing about horror movies that I like is it's like I mean, probably in the 60s or whatever, people might have thought about somebody breaking in and killing them in the shower, maybe. But now it's like, I have never had a a shower curtain that I couldn't see through since I've seen that movie. (laughs) Like, true story. It either has to be a clear shower curtain or I have to, which I have a sliding glass door now. And yeah, even better. (laughs) That's literally because of that movie. Like, it's too scary. (laughs) Yeah. It's Rude like people who won't one. go swimming after Jaws. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. I live literally 20 minutes from the beach, and I don't go swimming in the ocean. <laughs> nope. See, I do. I, I figure I love the ocean. I'm, I, it's like my favorite thing in the world, and I just figure if, if it's my time, it's my time. If something in the ocean gets me, it was just my time. <laughs> you died doing what you loved. <laughs> I, I practiced safety, but I'm okay. also like... <laughs> I'm going to get in the ocean unless I know there's an actual shark in the area, you know, but I mean, I'm not out in the middle of the ocean swimming wherever, but you know, when I have the opportunity to be in the ocean, I'm in the ocean. So you mean like when you go to Mexico? Yes. Yes. And it can be scary, but yeah, I mean, Jaws definitely, you know, scared me a little bit, but I, man, the shower, like just, You've, you it's so vulnerable because you're you're I mean naked first of all which is a thing that happens to a lot of women in horror movies and I think that I would assume that's something you guys have talked about in your books maybe or you know oh, yeah. with why the women always have to be in such a vulnerable position like physically not just in their other surroundings like it, I guess because it's scarier I mean oh. And, you know, something you were just talking about Jaws, something I love about Psycho is that Jaws is scary. You know, the villain because it's an actual monster, but mm-hmm. Norman Bates is so unassuming and pleasant. And even the thought of likable, his mother is the killer. Yeah. It's like either one of those, it's like, no, they couldn't possibly be a villain um, mm-hmm. because an older woman coming and killing me in the shower, that wouldn't happen. And, and this nice man, he made me a sandwich, you know? Yeah. Exactly. Well, and this is and this is sort of like pre-serial killer era when like right. serial killers really started to like emerge. And so this idea of a nice guy. Um, and this was, you know, um, and we talk about this in Science of Monsters, but after um what was discovered uh, about Ed Gein in Wisconsin, the serial killer, well, he's not technically a serial killer, but yeah. the killer. Um it really shocked people and really yeah. upset people because that wasn't something that, you know, was widely known. It's not like today where we have names like Jeffrey Dahmer and Ted Bundy. And so this idea that Robert Block wrote the book and then of course this movie that that somebody could look so, I mean, attractive and sweet mm-hmm. and yeah, exactly. It's like the opposite of Jaws <laughs> and, and that makes it even yeah. scarier. And didn't he, I mean, and then you go into their house and they have, what is it, like a, a belt or curtains just made of human nipples or something like, like, yes. I mean, that's just, I, to me, that's something you could never, I can never fathom how, I, I, yeah, it's just, 
I mean, and Dean was not as cute or charming as no. um, Anthony Perkins, but he <laughs> no. was very unassuming and he used to babysit neighborhood kids and right. you know, people kind of would let him come in and have dinner with them. And, you know, he was kind of like that, that, you know, bachelor that, you know, was alone and they were like, oh, so yeah, it, it's very unnerving to think about. Yeah. And, you know, as an eighties kid, I, would have known to probably be nervous about somebody like that but prior to that maybe not I mean you know in the 80s it was the kids on milk cartons and watch out for guys in white vans and whatever it was like don't talk to anybody yeah it's just I don't know but I yeah you're right I think monster movies are scary but they're not scary because okay Jaws maybe but okay Frankenstein's monster is not really going to come get me and kill me the wolfman's not going to find me and rip me apart michael myers an escaped mental patient that just decides to kill some people while they're babysitting like that's that could really happen that has happened or something similar or you know psycho is a little bit different you know getting into the psychology but people just kill for no reason and that is terrifying because that does hit you right where you feel safe it's like in your own home in your shower in your car or whatever (laughs) One of my favorite moments in the movie is when he's he puts the car in the um, pond and mm-hmm. it's going under and the money's in there and he doesn't care. And that's what's so terrifying is this image of of he didn't kill for money. He didn't kill for like something that we understand. It, it, it's something such, so much more psychological and complicated than that. And mm-hmm. that is like what was so terrifying because it's like you can understand if somebody comes and and shoots you because they're they're robbing you. But this man who's just killing for his own needs, his own psychological issues like that is unsettling. And once you know that that kind of monster exists in the world, you can't ever sort of like rewind that out of your mind. Yeah that scene, too. It's a brilliant performance. And I would love to see what the screenplay says at that moment, because it's the face like, he makes. He, uh, yeah, the face. It's almost like he doesn't, he wants to see if he's going to get caught or not. Like he almost has a little smile, like, is it going to sink? Oh, okay, it is. It, it's almost like it's playful. It's fun for him. Well, yeah, yeah like halfway through, the car stops. Yeah. And then it's all like he's still, you know, got his playful little boyish grin on his mm-hmm. face. It's like, okay, what's going to happen? And then I'll, <laughs> it finishes and it's like, Okay. So I remember having the biggest crush on him. And so watching Psycho and I'm like, he's so attractive and so nice. And, and you want to, especially when you hear the, his mother yelling at him and they're having the conversation, like you empathize with him, you feel bad for him. You want to like, like for me, I was like, I just want to hug him and take care of him and like, you know, take him away from all this. And then it's like, and even when he, you find out that he's the killer he's not even really killing because he wants to it's like he's stifling his own instincts because of the way that he was raised like it's obviously you know about sex and sexual impulses and you know it's very edible and you know great tragedy kind of stuff you know but it's it's just interesting because he's not to me in my opinion he's not killing because he even gets enjoyment out of it it's he's trying to his double personality is trying to like keep him as a boy in this little box and not let him be a man and have desires and needs and whatever. 
it's such great writing because uh, like you said, Meg, at the beginning, we're rooting for Marion, even though she, maybe she's not a perfect person, but we're rooting for her. And then, and then we start rooting for Norman mm -hmm. and, you know, and then we're rooting for everybody. And it's just, you keep uh, shifting um, empathy who are we rooting yeah. for. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even like um, the the PI, um, Arbogast. He's a, he's a yeah Arbogast. Like he, you don't want him to die. And then when he goes in that house, and you know what's coming. Like stupid. Um, and obviously her sister and her boyfriend are trying to figure things out. And so yeah, you're right. You're jumping empathy all the time. And like when Norman comes in and sees what his mother, so to speak, has done, you were like, oh my gosh, and he's covering it up. And I love how the television series Bates Motel mm -hmm. got to go deep into all these things that, you know, the movie obviously didn't get to explore on like 18 different levels mm -hmm. and the show had lots of episodes and it's not a perfect, perfect show, but there's so many great things that um, it kind of explores and that you get to kind of understand maybe where he's coming from more. I don't know, Kelly, Kelly, I know you love Bates Motel too. Yeah, and we wrote about um, that in our book, The Science of Women in Horror, too, exploring that mother okay. figure and the mother role. Mm -hmm. And then when we talked about this in Science of Monsters, we got to interview a taxidermist, um, and she has Ooh. like taxidermy all over her house, and we were just fascinated, like <laughs> taxidermy she does herself. Yeah, Bates Motel is fantastic. If, if you like the genre and you like Psycho, I mean, yeah, it's not perfect, but I thought it was amazing. I really enjoyed it. I... I love the kind of thing um, that they're doing now where they're taking stuff like this and exploring more into it. Like, um, oh, uh, Ratchet. I don't know if anybody watched that. Um, it was the nurse Ratchet from One Flew Over oh, the yeah. And they did like her history. So I like they're taking stories that we know, but either giving a backstory or delving deeper into it. You know, I know there's not as much originality in Hollywood as there used to be, but I think sometimes it's appropriate to do like that kind of thing. So I enjoyed it. Um, did, I mean, I don't think we need to run through the plot of Psycho necessarily. I hope everybody's seen it. Um, simplistic, if you ask me. It's very simplistic, which is, I mean, Hitchcock. And, and I throw John Carpenter in that same category of just being able to take and obviously I grew up in the eighties. I grew up watching Halloween. It's my favorite horror movie of all time. So I do a lot of comparison, but I think the when you can take little just shadows and music and lighting and little subtle things that can, you know, instill fear, that's genius and it's cheap. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. I mean, there are so many subtleties. Well, like, like you all were saying about, um, Anthony Kirkin's face during that scene but yeah mm -hmm. there's obviously the music is legendary and mm -hmm. um that shower scene like it feels so gory but when you mm -hmm. watch it it's really not that gory especially like with what we're yeah. used to today you know um but the direction and the the quick cuts and everything it's it's so effective and yeah, yeah. I mean this movie is just everything about it and and every time I watch it I just like it more but I mm -hmm. do have to brag for Kelly she won an award related to Psycho maybe she can explain I have yeah. a 
I have a the Bates Motel sign and house tattooed on my thigh, and I've I won the <gasps> contest number one horror tattoo. <laughs> and That's the amazing. Trophy, the trophy lives with uh, my tattoo artist because, of course, he did all the work. I I did lay there for seven hours though, like a champ. Ooh. So. Wow. <laughs> Okay, well, we're gonna have to see a picture of that if if it's appropriate to send to us. It's just by so. Yeah, I, I will. Um, have you both visited Universal and seen the house in person? I have not. We haven't. Oh so. no, that would I be have. What? Well, tell us. How does it, it feel? You know, they don't. That is. Awesome. Oh my gosh, that is amazing. Thank you. Um. If you're comfortable sending that to Casey, we will share it on the page when we post sure. the episode. That's gorgeous. Um, you know, it's smaller in person, which I, you've probably heard sure. people say, um, because you're, and you could see this even in the shots, you're looking up at it. Even right. in the shots in the movie, you're looking up at it. So it's a lot smaller in person. You know, you don't get to go inside or anything. It's just a little tram ride, but yeah. For me, being the horror fan that I am and how much I love that movie, it was exhilarating just to be yeah. in front of it. So, oh, I bet it's awesome. I, you know, it's it's a cool thing to do, especially if you, you know, I love movies. I love seeing how movies are made behind the scenes, like anything to do with that kind of stuff I'm super interested in. So universal and for other reasons too, but to see all the back lots and all the stuff, it's it's worth it. And just to see the house, but yeah um yeah there's a yeah so much good subtlety with alfred hitchcock which he does in all his movies um one of the things i like kind of going back to how they especially how women are portrayed when marion you know in the beginning she's with sam so we already know that she's doing something bad like they're having an affair or you know he's separated but still they're having premarital sex mm. you know in the middle of the day on her lunch hour <laughs> so they've already made it clear that she's maybe not the the best girl but I love that in that scene her her bra and her slip everything is white and then when you get to she's leaving her house she's got the money you realize she's going to run away and steal this money then her lingerie is black and mm. I could be overanalyzing that, but I've always felt like that's no. just a subtle way to show that, okay, she's about to do something bad because now Get we're on to the dark side. Yeah, so we're making her darker and sexier and yes. yeah, she's clearly about to do something really bad. Yeah, no, I love that. That's great. I bet there are lots of things that I haven't even picked up. I mean, I've watched Psycho a million times, but I'm yeah. sure there are even other more subtleties that I, I haven't noticed. Probably. I don't know why I was think about that one I just it's one of those things especially that I feel like they do to women in horror it's like showing them you know somebody's oh, making yeah. a stupid decision or nowadays it's somebody takes their clothes off and it's like well they're gonna get killed <laughs> <laughs> yeah we we definitely get into that women of science uh, science of women in horror I mean we we get into uh, all that stuff well I think personally from my own day I Hitchcock did an amazing job of like foreshadowing throughout the entire movie and even like we were talking you guys were talking about the um picking up stuff even after seeing it 150,000 times like i was re-watching the movie like tuesday while i was getting ready and i was noticing like when they're having dinner in the office or whatever you know the parlor yeah, you get the discussion about um, 
his taxidermy, which, you know, foreshadows to, you know, what he did to his mother and how she's been dug up. So creepy. Embalmed stuff. You know, you, you know, you, they talk about the, the, the discussion comes up with the mother son bond and how that foreshadows into what we find out at the end of the movie. Um, a lot of discussion about like the internal conflict that Norman's going through with she needs me, but he kind of has anger issues or sometimes I just, he's got all kinds of issues. <laughs> well, yeah, he does. But yes, a lot of that stuff. I didn't always, I didn't necessarily pick up, you know, the first 200 times watching the movie. So, I mean, it's always fun to go back and watch a movie 20 years later after you first saw it and be like, Oh, I never noticed that before. Yeah. And I still have well, Hitchcock's good at that. And I was so young when I watched it the first time, I really missed a lot of nuance. Um, and I've said before, like my mom's like, this is the scariest movie you're ever going to see in your life. And I watched it and I was used to like eighties slashers and blood. Right. And, stuff, and I was like, ah. like, I was kind of disappointed the first time. Cause I was just like, no, that didn't really like blow my mind. Um, it wasn't until I was older and a little more sophisticated and like could understand like actually how scary. Yeah. But you know, on the flip side, my, my 10 year old son, and I was about 10 when I watched it, my 10 year old son was homesick a couple months ago and we watched it and he's way more sophisticated than I am. And he was like, (laughs) he loved it. So I was like, okay, I guess, I guess I was just, you know, I was immature but he he really understood all the nuance of it. So I mean, as much as he could. So as a, um, yeah, it, the 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 next generation is going to love it too. So that's good to know. <laughs> I showed my daughter Halloween. Um, I I think she was probably around that same age, maybe ten or twelve. Mm-hmm. And I told her, you know, maybe she was like twelve by the time I actually sat her down and showed it to her. And I was like, "This is the best horror movie ever. You're going to love it. It's my favorite movie." And she was like. It was kind of boring oh. and, it's, and it's because she's used to yeah. you know torture porn which is like you know the <laughs> yeah. worst stuff in the world and I'm like yeah. now she Let's likes it off. you know yeah but it, it just time. I think people get desensitized with you know especially like the 80s horror and then you know scream obviously kind of brought it back around and you know like they say potentially save the genre which I think it kind of did but it's still all blood and guts and gore and it's interesting when you look at you know psycho and halloween there's like barely any blood and it's still mm-hmm. terrifying but you have to be able to appreciate it and and with the internet and everything that we have now it's so it's so easy to not be able to appreciate simplicity because it's you're just desensitized to it i agree well yes. that's, Psycho's yeah, genius. i think the mind games that somebody like Hitchcock or John Carpenter or Wes Craven or whoever, or even Steven Spielberg when he made Jaws, it just succinctly proves just how much of a artist they truly are. They don't have to literally just write out in your face and give you and show you everything. They can, you know, you don't see the shark until 
the end like, of John's. You don't, the end of the movie, yeah. Yeah, you know, you don't find out, you know, the plot twist at the end of Psycho until after Norman's arrested. You don't, you know, Carpenter uses the score to build the tension throughout, you know, Halloween. And, I mean, the same can even be said with Wes Craven and Nightmare on Elm Street because I know somebody will not allow me to bring up Nightmare on Elm Street because it's the greatest horror franchise of all time. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> but, no, I mean, it, to me, I appreciate personally more the little nuances and I don't necessarily want to have everything just, you know, paint brushed across my face as, there you go, that's why you're scared. You know, no, earn my fear dang it yeah <laughs> i think we all know the unknown is what's terrifying i mean seeing somebody get cut up on tv is entertaining it doesn't scare me it's the jump scare before it's the what's lurking behind that corner that could potentially hurt me you know especially when you're in a, a place that you consider to be safe like that's what's scary it's not to me blood and guts and all that stuff it's just not it's not scary and sometimes it's necessary, but sometimes it's not, you know, but everybody has their own taste. That's it's just gross. not what does it for me. <laughs> um, do we think Alfred Hitchcock had mommy issues? <laughs> or was I, he just that good of a writer? I don't know that. I mean, I think Alfred Hitchcock had issues. Well, yeah, none of us are old enough to have. I mean, none of us lived during that time, but I feel like the the psychological writing perspective of of that movie is just how did he come up with that i mean did you have you guys explored that in your writing as to how he i mean it's genius but it's also in 1960 like were people thinking like that were people doing stuff like that you know i don't know it's just interesting to me i mean he adapted psycho from the book so oh that's right okay well then who the guy that wrote psycho <laughs> maybe he had it either way well i mean robert block was actually living in wisconsin when this whole ed gein thing went down so he took a lot uh, okay you know. okay but there is a lot of added stuff too because um ed gein did not ed gein had mommy issues he did not preserve his mother's body right um, that was one body he did not take um but you know there are a lot of similarities like for instance um one thing he did do is he kept his ed gein kept his mother's bedroom pristine with all her stuff even though the rest of his house was disgusting with the nipple mm. belts all over yeah um her bedroom was kept very much the same okay. and um that's the same you know in psycho um her room yeah. and her clothes are there and everything um so there are a lot of those like those sorts of things taken from um ed gein but i think that i mean to your answer, I think Alfred Hitchcock definitely had a woman problem. Um, we know yeah. that he didn't necessarily treat his um, actresses with the utmost yeah. respect. Um, and I'm sure, I'm sure there's probably interesting biographies out there about his his issues. Um, but yeah, I think that, like I said, I mean, this is years before the whole serial killer um, sort of craze where everybody right. got the stranger danger. So I think a lot of the concepts in this movie 
um, while they're not new to human nature, they were probably new to film, I'm guessing. Right. Um, so it's pretty impressive that um, Alfred Hitchcock knew, you know, we write about in the book, like when he read the book by Robert Block, he uh, knew he wanted to make a movie. So he had his assistant go out and buy as many copies of the book as he could because he didn't want people reading yeah. the book. Um, and of course, there's the concept too, you know, Edgeen did not have dissociative identity disorder. So that right. was something that they, they played with in the movie too. So I don't know, I, I love that. Um, he, he just went really psychological on this one. I, yeah, I recently watched crazy. Um, yes, I recently watched rope. Well, I guess it wasn't that recently, but it was to um, write for our serial killer book. And I hadn't seen rope uh, directed by Alfred Hitchcock for a long time and I again it was one of those things I think I appreciate so much more now that I'm older it's so um so psychological the performances are amazing um that's the thing too I think Hitchcock knew how to cast a movie yeah um and oh my gosh I haven't seen that oh you have to it's okay it is amazing. I'm writing it down right now <laughs> yeah rope it's it's just an excellent film and it's again it's about the unknown and the um the psychological aspect of horror there's no blood and guts you know yeah not that I don't love I I love blood and guts but <laughs> I also love um <laughs> subtlety when we can use that too <laughs> that's awesome it's just so it's so interesting I don't know that we've talked about before the psychological part of why people kill and the things that can happen nature versus nurture all that stuff it's so so fascinating to me I I think because I'm a problem solver and and I need <laughs> to know why people do the things they do which is one of the reasons killers are so scary is because you can't wrap it up in a nice bow and say yeah. I mean sometimes you can this person killed somebody because they slept with their brother or something like that right but they're still crazy but but serial killers, that's like so chaotic. It's not, yeah. it's not like any, you know, it's not like this one person caused them harm. It has to do with A so many things. other elements. All these things have to come together, um, click into place to become a serial killer. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's fascinating. Well, and like two of my all-time favorite horror movies of all time are, and I don't necessarily consider either of the two of them directly horror, but they are elements of horror throughout both stories were psycho and silence of the lambs both of which are amazingly psychological movies mm-hmm. so you know and hats off to tony perkins and um anthony hopkins i had a brain fart but yeah anthony hopkins well, so did i i can't believe i just asked that question about like, psycho knew- in the book i knew that like <laughs> That's okay. I'm not an idiot. I did know that after you. So I was like, yeah, I remember reading that. <laughs> but you know. But yeah, I mean, Hopkins okay. and Hopkins both delivered amazing performances in both of those movies, and yeah, they're both to see the way that they went about everything and developing their characters, and yeah, how they brought that to. The forefront in um psycho and lambs you know i forever will always have those two movies 
deeply high up in my top 10 yeah. favorite movies of all time. Well, and I think the fear with Hannibal Lecter, I mean, it sort of applies to Norman Bates too, because he's just like a nice mm-hmm. whatever, but Lecter is so refined and sophisticated and smart and well-spoken and all of these things that you don't expect somebody like that to be, you know, <laughs> yeah. a brutal, uh, oh my God, what's the word? What the hell is that word for people that eat? Cannibal? Thank you, cannibal. <laughs> so full, dis- full disclosure, since I have been sick, this is like my third week of being sick. Casey can attest to this. I'm like losing words out of my vocabulary. It's actually kind of start, it's kind of oh, starting no. to freak me out. It's like, I can think of the word that that's like the 10th time that's happened to me. So sorry. Well, that's I'm really not me every day. So I can't, <laughs> I can't blame COVID or being sick. I just, um, yeah. I just, I, I never know the word. <laughs> so we were, uh, I, I guess, you know, from doing scream, but Kelly, we always do like a ranking for the movie. Um, I don't know, Casey, is there anything else you, you wanted to go over before? on horror rewind where, Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, see, I forgot about that too. Yeah. We didn't discuss that at the beginning, but yeah. Megan Kelly also have a horror movie podcast called the horror Re- or called horror rewind so i haven't listened to every episode yet but i'm working my way through the library I've listened to a couple but I, horror I, is my jam so yes but yeah we generally before we wrap things up we kind of let everybody know what we thought and give the movie a ranking generally out of five something or others and I think we kind of sort of off camera before we started discussed um, what everybody thought of the movie as uh, out of five butcher knives. <laughs> so I will tip my hat to our guests and let them let us know what they think of the movie as if we haven't already praised it enough, <laughs> but you know, to wrap up their thoughts on the movie before we end Well, and you two have talked to a lot more people and done a lot more research and like, you know, so about movies and books and all these subjects. So I would be interested to like hear your, you know, out of five stars or knives or whatever, how far up do you think Psycho ranks compared to like other movies in the genre? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I obviously I since I have it tattooed on my body, you know, I'm giving it five out of five um, <laughs> butcher knives. And I think I mean, it's in my top five favorite horror movies of all time, for sure. Mm-hmm. I think it's brilliant. It's gorgeous. It's subtle. And it's it's a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I couldn't I couldn't say it any better. I, I did know everything Kelly said. Um, I don't have a base motel. I mean, not a base motel, a psycho tattoo yet but maybe i need to um but but mine wouldn't nearly be as good as kelly's so then i would just be trying and then uh so you can just um, get a little knife yeah a little knife i'll go subtle get the silhouette of the mother in the wig with the knife. oh there you go there you go (laughs) um no i i definitely give it five i think that um it will last and you know it it is a legendary movie and um how could you get any better I would have to tend to agree with both of our guests. Um, 
I wasn't a hundred percent sure when like Bates Motel started out, how well the story would stand the test of time because you have a lot of elements in Bates Motel that, and not necessarily significant details, but you know, you, I remember even going all the way back to the first episode, Norman outside of the motel, getting ready to go to school, listening to his iPod and you have cell phones and things of that nature where, you know, they didn't have that stuff in 1960 when Hitchcock made psycho, but I don't think having those little elements in Bates motel takes away from the story in any way, shape or form. I think for the most part, the story stands the test of time and i think it can still stand the test of time for 50 more years to come as long as people are still willing to sit down and give it a chance so i personally am going to go five out of five that's just who i am <laughs> well and i want kevin to get mad at us for you know giving something five out of five yeah. when we didn't to the princess bride like i want to hear about it but <laughs> Kevin's in detention right now after his post on the group page. Uh-oh. You didn't give Princess Bride five out of five? We didn't because... <laughs> it's okay. I know. It's okay. It's a, it's we revised. A, it's okay. We, we did. Okay. Three months later. I just give... I always give Carrie Elwes a five out of five no matter what he's in. So mm-hmm. that's the thing. <laughs> um. Well, we were trying to be a little more objective and critical as, as opposed to what we like nostalgia. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. I mean, princess bride. Yeah. As a personal, like five out of five for sure. Um, but like as an actual movie in the scope of movies. Exactly. And I get you. We were not as objective last month with rubber. <laughs> have you both you both have seen rubber yes or no we no i know the concept and he was complaining about it casey was complaining about it before and i said i'd come on and do rubber too <laughs> if, um, if there's such thing that's a safe if guarantee you indulge there ain't gonna be a second one <laughs> if you indulge in alcohol or edibles or something to that effect that can put you in a funny state of mind it's much more enjoyable. Okay. That's all <laughs> I, good. I watched it after three or four glasses of wine and I had a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> but anyway, the this show differs from my show, The Sip List, where as you know, an evening at the movies, obviously we're going over movies that we love, but we do still kind of want to try to be objective of the movie as a piece of art. Yeah how yeah. we think it ranks among other movies yeah on the sip list it's all about what you love if we do you know top five horror movies it's not critically acclaimed this that whatever it's what yeah. do you love the most mm-hmm. and so it's a, it's a good balance that we can kind of do both you know because they aren't always the same list no so five out of five for psycho obviously everything you guys said it's groundbreaking it's a masterpiece it's gorgeous it's everything you said and more and yeah i've seen it i can't even tell you how many times i've seen it <laughs> it's amazing yeah. more times than i've not i mean it's an awesome movie yeah <laughs> how can you not yeah. want to rewatch it one hundred fifty thousand times 
I watched it in the bathtub last week. <laughs> Whoa, brave. It was, I mean, not the whole movie because who can sit in a bath that long? Yeah. It's not a hot tub I could, but you know. yeah. I need a hot tub in my life. It's 25 degrees here. Oh, yeah, I hear you. Ice and snow and floods, Queenie. Sorry. Hey, last February, Texas froze to death. So just I'm hoping for that not to happen this year because and I don't know. We share a power grid with a hospital, so we're good. Yeah, I seem to remember teasing. <laughs> it was bad news. Year, and I think 2022 is paybacks for me teasing you last year about that. So probably this year's been weird. But That's hey, this is a good thing. You guys being here, this is exciting. Yay. This is the best thing to happen to me so far this year. <laughs> Yay! COVID did not start the year off well. <laughs> oh, no. Well, so, thank you so much for having us. Before we jump out of here really quick, is there anything else besides the science of witchcraft you guys have coming up that you guys would like to address? Or is that pretty much what you all got going on? Currently. We've got a lot of things going on. And so uh, look at our, our websites, our social media, um, Horror Rewind, or either of our names, and look for coming up announcements. We can't announce anything quite yet, but there's things happening. So it's all good. I kind of sort okay. of figured there was, there was stuff you couldn't announce because it was in the pipeline, but maybe just something, you know, to maybe get the listeners to, ooh, let me keep my eyes <laughs> Just more, more horror. Just expect always. more horror from us. Always, always, always. More <laughs> always a good thing. Well, I'm very excited about the science of witchcraft. So I'll be you you know, staying tuned for that. And we'll definitely let people know about it too. So just, I will uh, yeah. My copy as soon as it's available. Awesome. Thank you so much. We, we, um, well, I'll speak for myself. I love coming here, talking about movies and um, thanks for all your support. Anytime, and you guys are definitely part of the An Evening at the Movies family slash the dozens now. <laughs> to so, be fair, there's more than a dozen now, but I still like that nickname. more than a dozen, but <laughs> I don't have, you know, incredibly amazing followers like, you know, celebrity podcasts do, but, you know, we have our loyal listeners and that's all that matters. All that matters. You keep chugging along and you're just going to keep uh, getting more and more. You just keep at it. Well, and as you know, we've got our one year anniversary coming up here in three weeks. So I even have listened to the first episode compared to like the Wizard of Oz episode that I recorded. And the differences in quality are. I know. I'm embarrassed at my first episodes. I'm like, they don't sound good. <laughs> Well, part that I think that upsets me the most is like probably one of my all-time favorite movies was the movie that we did on the first episode and it's like oh god I totally disrespected that movie but with the quality no, of it, and oh. you can always do it again so yeah just do it again yeah and just erase that one <laughs> not gonna lie there are potential workings in the midst about potentially revisiting the crow somewhere in season or somewhere in year two so well, there you go yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. that one you have something to look forward to well thank you guys so much thank we appreciate you. it i'm glad i got to meet you yeah nice meeting you hopefully Thanks we can again. do it again 
Yes. Yeah, Anytime. we'd love to. All right, bye-bye. Have a good night, guys. Bye, Thanks. thank you. You need to uh, close this out here, KSTB? Uh, I believe I need to hit stop. Well, you need to hate people. Thank <laughs> you.